Welcome to No Time to Waste, the podcast that inspires and motivates us to maximize our moments. I'm your host, Allison Haddon. I'm battling terminal cancer, but I'm focused on living my best life as my best self every day. Join me as I chat with resilient adventurers, seekers, trailblazers, and exceptionally good humans as we explore what it means to live fully, because there's no time to waste for all of us. Justin Grunwald's a doctor working on the front lines right now fighting COVID in Minnesota. He is a lifelong runner and a good one, starting out as a track star at University of Minnesota, transitioning to trail and mountain running more recently, and then after ultras got canceled this year. He's been chasing FKTs all summer. Um, He's also the chairman of the Brave Like Gabe Foundation, which is part of the legacy of his late wife, Gabe Grunwald, a star runner herself who passed away last year in 2019 at 32 years old after a long and very public battle with a rare cancer. I share in the episode what Gabe meant to me, but this is not a story about Gabe dying. It's a story about Justin living, of not moving on from her death, but moving forward to a chapter where he is now that's full of joy and love and new beginnings and all the feels. Because isn't that what all of us deserve? Here's Justin Grunwald for No Time to Waste. This is really personal for me. This is, this is uh, you know, getting to talk to you, um, having a, a connection to Gabe. Um, and I want to talk about you and all the exciting stuff that's happening right now, just to let you know the, the impact that Gabe had on me. And I know that y- you got you know, you have thousands of these stories that are in your head or in your phone or in your email. But, you know, when I got diagnosed with stage three cancer uh, back in the fall of 2018, you know, I had just did a 10 mile run the day before. Um, I was excited coming off of a hip injury to start racing again. Um, friends would have said, you know, I, that I was one of the healthiest people they knew. Um, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do drugs, super active, super fit, executive at a wellness tech company called MindBody, and uh, got the news that I had stage three breast cancer, which was baffling. Um, And the very first thing I did um, was first order Lance Armstrong's book, because I was like, how did he do it? And then the second thing I did was I Googled uh, athlete, cancer, survivor, mindset, I found Gabe's story. And I latched onto it uh, because I remember going and telling my partner that day and saying, look at this, look at this girl. I was like, dude, I was like, she has been like fighting cancer for, for years. And I was like, she's actually, she's gotten faster. And like, she's like, like Olympic trials and like, she's gone through treatment. And like, you know, I didn't know a lot of the details of what her treatment was. I know a lot more now. Um, But basically I was like, and look at this. She talks about like maximizing moments and like, you know, kind of accepting where she is. And like, I just latched on to her story and developed a, a, you know, probably creepy one way relationship with her without her knowing. Um, But uh she was a, a huge inspiration to me. And she was the first athlete story that made me feel like I would not lose my identity as an athlete, despite having to go through cancer treatment. And, um, you know, it was, she was, her story was one that motivated me and inspired me and made me feel like I can be a 
freaking warrior in this, just like she is. And uh, when she passed, I grieved as if I was grieving for a friend. To uh, to to have the opportunity to talk to you today, um, and have that be a connection. I mean, it was as recent as August that when I found out the cancer had returned to my chest and that I was in a terminal situation, and that if treatment didn't work, I have uh, less than a six month runway to live. After that day, I posted on Instagram the quote uh, around it's you know it's not the number of years in your life, it's the amount of life in your years right? That Gabe used to talk about. And I shared stories of Gabe and basically was just like, it's, it's, it's time. It's time for me to start making a transition and, and, and really go full send on no time to waste and everything. And, um, I'm just sharing that with you because, um, it's, it's an honor to get to talk to you today. I appreciate everything you did to make this happen. Um, and, um, I, I, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for for taking the time because you don't know me from from Boo. <laughs> I'm honored to have your time, and I think Gabriel would feel the name is very apt with no time to waste. I mean, I think that's a way more people just should live in general without a diagnosis, without anything looming or any worries in the world. You still don't really have time to waste. I'm like living my purpose now and taking all of my skills as a professional and a marketer, and I'm able to now finally use it for good, right? And create a platform and create a brand and create catchy campaigns and taglines. And it's like, you know, it's like my sport now. And right. My goal is, you know, to freaking get the word out to as many people as possible. If we did a better job of not avoiding the topic of death. And I've heard you talk about this as well and confronting mortality because it's literally the only universal inevitability, right? For all of us, um, regardless of, you know, race, creed, color, religion, socioeconomic status, we're all, our time's going to be up at some point. Um, if we were able to talk about it and sort of face that um, as a society, um, you know, and focus on maximizing our moments, right? And focusing on what I think are the three things that matter most, which is gratitude, human connection, and joy, then maybe we would craft lives without regrets, right? And, um, you know, for anyone that knows um, kind of the legacy of, of Gabe and, and Brave Like Gabe Foundation, and, you know, that's very much in line with uh, at least everything I've read. I listened to some some interviews of you talking about your uh, relationship, especially in those last couple of years and, you know, being forced to sort of live scan to scan and this weird, these weird 90 day increments, right? Which yeah. I just moved into. Um, and you talked about some of the, some of the things that you guys would do, right? That, that Gabe didn't, Gabe didn't want a bucket list, Right. She yeah. was just like, just why, why don't we just do it? Um, what were some of the happiest? So I call it a life list because I actually started it when I was 15 and it includes big things, little things, things I want to buy, things, places I want to go, things I want to give. Um, it's very there's a lot of minutia in it. Um, I'd love to hear like what are some of the what are some of the memories that you have during that period of time of of like kind of the, ha- the the happy moments that you guys had on your your list that you were like, I want to go do this stuff together. Yeah, there were a ton. I mean, 
I think a special place for me will always be Banff, Canada. We had a great long week up there. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. We spent a few weeks in Europe, went to Switzerland, and kind of just hung out in the mountains and had fun. Like simple pleasures too, when you get sicker and can't do as much. One of the last days I just remember is like a perfect day with her. We were in Santa Monica for a national concert, our favorite band. And uh, before it, we just went to a beach and it wasn't the warmest day. We just brought a couple blankets and some snacks and just literally laid there all day and slept and woke up and held hands and felt the sun. And you can, I think like a simple thing like that, where you go lay in the sun as a partner who lost someone, like I can always go back to that place. Like I can always go lay in a blanket on a beach and like feel the warmth of that other person there. And it's something you don't really think about at the time, but it kind of like just imprints that situation on you and into your memory. So, I mean, we did everything we wanted to and everything we had time for. I'm sure we'd still be going on crazy adventures and I take her with me everywhere I go now. So it it's just a little different. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, not a run goes by. It was actually really weird and strange, but cool. The other night, I run at night typically, unless I'm on a night shift and I have to run in daylight, but I prefer to run when the sun's down. And I was running by a bridge and a car came up behind me and its headlights and the way its headlights hit me, my shadow became two people running next to each other. And I wish I could have taken like a picture of it because it was like running with her stride for like, cause in my head, I was like even having a conversation with her at the moment. And then all of a sudden I look up at the bridge and there's two of us running together. And like we often ran stride for stride. So it was just fitting. Yeah, I've heard you talk about, you know, your date nights on Friday night would yeah. be like the track and you guys would be doing like 200s against each other, which by the way, that sounds like my freaking nightmare on track. Like, you know, that sounds awful. Like, oh gosh. But, um, and I, I love, you know, I love having heard you talk about those kinds of experiences with Gabe and, and talking to her and um, for being someone who is so intelligent and cerebral um, in my again, research and just like assumptions, but, um, you know, talking about your faith, uh, being Catholic, being connected to something that's bigger than yourself, um, the belief in heaven, right? Like the, the things that, um, you can't, the things you can't touch and, and feel uh, the things you can't see, taste, touch. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, there's something bigger, there's something going on. There's a spiritual component to something. Um, when I did that post in August, um, I actually said, I hope that I get to hang out with Gabe and we can go for a run together. It's been bringing me comfort, um, thinking about what's going to happen when I'm gone. And one thing that's brought me comfort has been thinking about the people that we've lost, especially in this year. And last year, I think about RBG, I think about Chadwick Boseman, I think about Gabe, I think about Alex Trebek, which I still can't, I'm not, not even like accepting that yet. Um, but like Katie Couric did a post uh, or, or from Tanks Good News or something in the last like two days. And it was like, 
Alex Trebek basically like hanging out with with like RBG and Chadwick and Kobe, um, yeah. at, 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 like on a, on the Jeopardy set, but like they all had wings and they were like in heaven. Yeah. And I basically was like, throw Gabe on that list. Like, and I was like, and like, those are my people. And like, guys, hang tight. Like, I mean, hopefully it's going to be a while. Yeah. But that has brought me so much comfort. Um, what do you think? Like, what do you think? What do you think happens after? Like, what do you think is going on? I don't know. I mean, and again, now forming a new relationship, it maybe makes you even think about it more. I think there's something. I have no idea what it is. I don't, like, I think you go to a place that hopefully doesn't have pandemics and doesn't have racism and doesn't have injustice and doesn't have all these things we have here. I mean, we live in an imperfect world. Not just, I mean... I just think it'll be, I don't think it's going to be you float on a cloud and drink champagne all day, but I just think it'll be something special. And that makes me feel, that brings me personally comfort, right? Because when I hear about what happens at the end of someone who has a terminal illness and those last days or those last weeks or those hours, like I'm just not ready, nor am I anywhere close to like being in a place to process any of that right now. Right. Totally. Like, I just, and you shouldn't be, I don't think, I mean, I don't think no. anything no. really readies you for it. Am I scared? Yeah. I'm terrified. Right. It's um, I'm just not ready to, to think about that stuff yet, but all I do know is when I do get those scaries and I do start to fear my physical deterioration at some point, now that I have brain tumors like that we're playing whack-a-ball on, I get real scared about um, losing my brain function. When I have anxiety around, oh my God, like this is happening. Like this is a real thing. Like I have a terminal freaking illness. And although there is a chance I could live five to 10 years now that the brain tumor popped, like that wasn't a good sign. Um, I have to live like I might not be here next Christmas. And all I'm choosing to do right now is basically be like, let's just stay busy. Let's just stay super busy and find joy and like go buy snowboards and like buy new Jordans and like hang out with people that I like and try and get the no time to waste message out. And and right now, like that's bringing me a lot of joy in a tw in every 24 hour period. And I'm like, screw it. And that's all that matters. I mean, Gabe passed away last year, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, have followed kind of your story. And you know, yes, you're a physician on the front lines of COVID now, which is awful. You're also a really phenomenal runner that kind of seems like has made that transition from from track to kind of now trails and plans to do. Trying, a yeah. bunch of things this year with COVID then turned into basically like the year of the FKT for everybody, yeah. for everybody. Right. Um, but something else happened this year at the beginning of this year. Right. Or. Yeah. Middle. Yeah. So I love this is the, this is the fun stuff. Let's talk about the fun stuff. So let's talk to me about what's, what's been going on with you personally. Yeah. I mean, 
obviously in the time before COVID, back in January, I ran my first 100 kilometer race down in Texas. And I met, yeah, Bandera. I met uh, another, or a, a wonderful, phenomenal trail running woman, Amanda Basham. Shortly after, we're going on a, I was going on a trip with Billy Yang to Kauai, Hawaii. And um, essentially, Sally McRae was supposed to come on that trip. We were both going to go for an FKT there and get some filming of it. But Sally's kids got sick, so Amanda took her spot last minute. Weirdly enough, I'm a moron. We, She was going to go to this FKT. It's 20 to 22 miles down this coast. Pretty technical. Yeah. Super hot and humid. So I carried a bladder and a hand bottle she had a bladder and a hand bottle mm-hmm. and the idea was i was going to like ration my water for her so we yep. got 10 11 miles in and i'd given her all my water already and i started cramping like i've never cramped before in my life <gasps> and i told her to leave me out there leave me it was a very and, dramatic were you like just go just go well, man well i was like you go finish like get the fkt yeah. and then like come back, back and me. not thinking that this was going to turn into like a nine hour day of me getting like severe heat exhaustion. I was going to say, and like also you're a freaking doctor, you know, better. Yeah. Come on, man. Like this is how people die. Totally. No, I mean, like smart. People. Yeah. It came down to <laughs> like one of those weird miracles in life where I laid down on a giant rock, puked my guts out, kind of like tried to nap, woke up. And then there was an orange tree, like a hundred feet from me. So I started throwing my hand bottle and knocking oranges out of this tree and eating them like I'd never eaten in my life. And uh, that actually got, I I still end up walking for like five hours to get out, but I don't think I would have, it was either that orange tree was there. I was going to crawl to like a helicopter landing spot and lay there until a helicopter came. So the funny thing is for people that are listening, like if they're not FKT people or ultra people, they're going in their head right now. Wait, I'm sorry, what? You, you like just told her to just go so that she could get this fake prize of being the fastest person to run and a trail that's not even a race. And you're a doctor and you're in Hawaii without any water. Like, again, this is like, this is how smart people make dumb decisions that end up injuring or killing them. Yeah. But if you're an ultra person, you totally get it. Yeah. And I mean, I think mindsets change and people change and things change, but not, I wasn't like on a death wish at the moment. I wasn't like, right. I hope I die out here, right. but sometimes being naive and proud, but then lying down and being like, well, this is it. This is did, it. Did you really think that? Honestly, were you like thinking that? I don't. I didn't intend to put myself in that spot either time. Right. But when it happens, you're just like, like this sucks. Yeah. Like, but what can what can you do? What can you do? I I get it. It's just wow. This is crazy. I did. This is a good story that I didn't even know. Okay. So so Amanda gets the FKT. Yep. And then she was too exhausted and like also heat stroke sick. We didn't really know each other well yet, but um, kind of hit it off on that trip. And I guess you could say like kind of started 
dipping your toes in the water with dating or whatever you do in weird scenarios, but then really liked each other and kind of fell in love. A couple months later, she's pregnant and now she's due with a baby in two months and a few days. So it's pretty, pretty wild. Okay. You, you just like, you just did like all the spoilers, like in like one sentence, Justin. <laughs> wild. Okay, so so it's so you have this like Hawaii experience with Amanda. I guess the first question that I have that's like super like oh, I just keep thinking about this. You know, how or what was it like? What is it like to have to hold this relationship that you have with Gabe, right? That was so special. That was just so fresh probably right of everything that's happened and to have this like ongoing relationship that you talk about how like you talk to her like you go to the cemetery like you lay down like you had the moment the other day with the shadows like like she's an active part of your life right even though you don't get to unfortunately touch her anymore right or get the response from her how are you able to hold that relationship Right. And the trauma and the tragedy around that, that was not that long ago, but then find some way for your heart to open again to love. I don't even, I mean, it's really weird. I, I don't really know other than I can tell you the first day I ever saw Gabriel and I can tell you exactly what she was wearing, exactly what we said to each other. And at the time, I didn't like ask her out, I, but I knew she was special and I had this like feeling about her. Like she was different. I couldn't tell you what anyone else wore that day, what anyone else looked at. What my, and I met like all the freshman women on the Minnesota cross country team. The same situation was kind of true with Amanda and it, it's not that, I don't know why it is that way, but like the moment I didn't know who she was and we met in this hotel lobby before going to breakfast and I was like, oh, like there's something interesting or different about her. And then the more I like delved into it, like with Gabriel, we were way younger. So it took way longer. We went from like kind of being like, she was a little tomboyish, like weird kid flirting to like study buddies to like dating to getting married and all that whereas it, it was different with Amanda but a very similar just first like love at first sight whatever you call it and I, I think I take comfort in I can go to the cemetery after I met her and lay down and talk to Gabe about it and be like hey like I met someone like and to get different signs that it's like, okay, and that I do think she's happy for me and get like, I'm all about just being weird and like, be like, if you give me a shooting star in like the next 30 seconds, it means you're okay with it. And then like one comes in like two seconds or something. But you don't really move on. Like, I don't move on from Gabriel. I think in like losing a spouse to them passing away, you just keep moving like you move with them. And I think a huge thing for me was Gabriel was, and I would fight her about it. 
but she was so adamant about me being in my 30s and being single and being like you can't like waste your life you can't like let losing me beat you and beat your whole future so I think always being able to hear that conversation from her in my head also makes it a lot easier to keep moving whatever the scenario is like did Gabriel send her to me did like but I was also at a point I think with grieving where you hit some low lows and you do need to like you need someone to throw you a life preserver at some point and Amanda was kind of that for me I just I mean I'm super grateful to have met her and I'm super grateful not grateful that she's experienced trauma in life but at the same time I am grateful she has because I think she can really understand me and really put up with me and um, support me when I need it and she's just a very caring and conscious conscientious person as well yeah so Amanda's brother passed away last year two right? years. two years ago yeah so um, the the shared grief the shared trauma the I would think or assume that the as you just talked about the freedom to be able to share with each other when that grief comes up, right. Or when a memory comes up or when you want to talk about Gabe or she wants to talk about her brother either because she's sad or because she's happy. Like, are you guys able to connect like that now through kind of those shared losses? What have you seen her experience be like knowing that she is in a relationship, not just with you, but she's also in a relationship kind of with Gabe as well, right? She's never going to replace Gabriel. You know, she's different, but it's sort of like you have you have both of them. Yeah. And I think she, Amanda, yeah, manages that incredibly well. And um but I think at the same time, I don't, I can't ignore that it's got to be hard. And I think some of my friends or like in-laws even, or like further away relatives that are in-laws, like don't always understand it. And frankly, not everyone's always happy for me or for you or for anyone. And I think a lot of people that aren't happy for you probably have their own underlying issues as well so I don't hold it against them like it's perfectly acceptable if you're it's just who you are it's what you believe but I hope that they can manage their own stuff better ways as well yeah and hopefully I mean I've heard stories of you self-describing yourself as the um uh not the ideal boyfriend um the uh the the kind of like I think you described the the Olive Garden experience of asking Gabriel to be your girlfriend uh, and seeing after seeing the terrible movie music and lyrics. Um, oh, it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Um, yeah, it's really bad. Um, and not even like a good bad. Like it's bad. Oh. No, um, but I, I you know I heard I've I've heard stories of you talking about about things of of that has it been different with Amanda? Have, have, is there anything where you're like, you know, 
I, I did it differently this time or I was, I was more vulnerable or I, I kind of came out and, and shared how I felt. Well, I think the biggest difference is probably the things I've been through or the things she's been through and the more like no time to waste attitude, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and also I learned so much. Gabriel and I were together for tennis years, like whether we were best friends, dating, broken up, married, whatever we were always, but you also, like, I think through all of that early on, I didn't really respect all of our time together. Always. It's like you're together, but your head somewhere else. So I think with Amanda, I really try harder to focus on quality and maybe we're still on the honeymoon phase. We've only known each other for 10 months, but I, I don't think I will take it for granted. And I'm just, I, I don't think I'll ever stop living in three month increments. Like we just kind of made our list on a drive today of like our little three month budget, like yeah. what we're going to do. What are you going to do? Anything super fun? What do you got? we have baby a baby coming in January and her truck's a little beat up so we got to get a better truck cuz all right the baby can't have a completely broken windshield yeah i was like yeah yeah you got to like up level now you're going to be parents right yeah. do solar we know panels. solar panels on the baby like, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> just mainly adulting things that i try to never become an adult but need to do what are some of what are some of the memories that you have from uh from the last couple months uh with with Amanda? Like what are some of the things that that stand out where you're like, oh man, that was a great day, or like we just that was so fun. Like what are the what are the what are the joyful moments? I mean, early on the whole trip to Kauai was amazing. Yeah. In April we went to like literally we were in a hotel in uh Healdsburg when when covid became like this crazy thing we were just like we were both training for lake sonoma which got canceled respectably but just had a great trip to like wine country and went to some breweries tell me when you guys found out you were pregnant like was that crazy or exciting or scary what was it what was it like just i mean more 99 percent just exciting with COVID, unfortunately, I've only been able to go to one appointment, but got to go to an appointment, get to see cool ultrasound pictures, finding out. I don't know why, but I really wanted a girl, which probably doesn't make sense. And if I would have a boy, I'd probably not say that I really wanted a girl, but we're having a girl, which I was very excited about. Have you picked out a name yet? We have, yeah. Yeah. So, well, can you, can, will you share it or no? You I don't have to. Amanda would murder me. All right. No. Okay. No. Listen, we've had enough in 2020. I've had enough trauma. I'm doing a less trauma, more chill situation. So yeah, no murder. Can we have yeah. up? No, no, zero murder. Um, so you're having a girl. She's due in two months. January right? 15th. Yeah. January 15th. Ooh. Are we doing like a, I like to bet. Are we, do we have a, a thing going on with the calendar? Cause I'd like to get in on it. Yeah. She or I can wanted, organize it. Yeah, she just wants it out as soon as possible. It, okay, so how as an ultra runner and an athlete, like, uh, yeah, is she just like, I'm done with being pregnant? She's ready to like start putting in 20 mile days in the mountains again. She's Got sick it. of like 
jogging three miles and calling it a day and then just the weird yeah. stuff like the lack of sleep and uh, yeah. i think where the baby is she's getting some sciatica and that gets frustrating again yeah you're not selling it Nobody, <laughs> nobody's really sold me on it i've just been a dog mom my whole life um yeah but um what an exciting what an exciting like i just it 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 literally like fills my soul up hearing you and also being able to see you right now with your your stash smiling um my big covid stash your covid stash you're the only one that sees it because i have a mask on so no one actually knows i have a mustache other than you and amanda unfortunately <laughs> but like justin i there's there's nothing i want more for you and for anybody right but because of the connection that i felt to Gabe and, and, and feeling that through you, like you deserve every, you deserve everything. You deserve every, every joy, every excitement, every, every new memory, you know, like I'm so happy for you. Thank you. No, I really obviously appreciate that. And it, yeah, I mean, life's what you make it, you know, it's, you got to find joy and i think since meeting amanda i've had 50 times more joy in my life so i think that's how you kind of should decide who you spend your time with someone who increases your joy meter totally and you know what I, you mentioned it before but somebody has an issue with it somebody isn't able to recognize what you've been through and also recognize that you can hold tragedy and trauma but also be blessed and grateful in, in the same moments, like mm -hmm. if someone doesn't get that, screw them. Yeah. Right. Cause it's your life and yeah. it's man's life and it's future baby girl's name. I'm going to put some, I'm going to write down what I think I'm, I'm gonna, and then we're going to see, um, but screw them because we all have one life. This is, this is it. Right. Totally. And, uh, and we deserve to be, everyone deserves to be happy and, and find joy um, especially those of us who've been through and everyone has, um, especially some more than others, some more than others have been through the terrible things of life. Um, so I, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm so happy that you found love again. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. It makes me feel like the people in my life when I'm gone, hopefully 10 years from now, um, hopefully 20. Yeah hopefully 20, um, that, you know, they're going to, they're going to find happiness and joy and love again too. Right. And, yeah. and that's, that's the, that's the comfort that the story of you and Amanda and baby just take care of that freaking truck. Like, make sure your safety, like, like let's, you know, let's up level the safety stuff. Um, that's what, that's what it feels like. And I'm, I'm just, I'm tickled, tickled pink for you guys. So congratulations. Thank you. Feeling fired up? Ready to go out there and maximize your moments? Then help us get the word out. Rate and review the pod so people can find it and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. There's no time to waste.